Family Moves podcast, where we share our love for the holidays year-round, and hopefully we can share that love with you. Today, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. You might note that my voice sounds a little bit different than normal. I am actually in Orlando, Florida, at the Coronado Springs Resort today, while the rest of my family is back home sharing this uh, podcast with you. So I, I guess that sort of means we have three moons with us today, or three and a half, since one of us is only half here. Many states away. Many states so, away. This is Randy Moon, and I'll be talking about the transition from Halloween to Thanksgiving for decorations. This is Cole Moon, and I'm going to talk about some of the Thanksgiving traditions in other countries. This is Sydney Moon, and I'll be talking about Thanksgiving crafts. And this is Beth Moon, and I will be talking about Thanksgiving traditions. So, but first, we will start with holiday happenings. I know the the leaves back uh, where you guys are have peaked this past weekend. They're beautiful. Yeah. So, how is the uh, traffic and the uh, busyness back there? So, we are close to the Skyline Drive here in the Shenandoah Valley, and it's a very popular thing to come and drive up along that road. The leaves are gorgeous, so we have a lot of people coming to our town this weekend, last weekend, probably next weekend. So, the leaf peepers are coming out to peep at our leaves. (laughs) Yes, I I posted a couple pictures on uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, the leaves are just absolutely stunning. I didn't think we were going to have uh, a beautiful fall, but it, they just suddenly at the last like week just blew up in color. They yeah. are. Well, in this area, it went from summer to fall just in like a weekend or so. It went from, you know, 90 degree weather and shot down to 50s, 40s, all of that. So it's been that kind of year. Yeah, we've been waiting for those colors for a while. Yep, and they are gorgeous. They are. Hopefully they'll still be here when you get back to Virginia, Randy. How are the uh, yeah, right. how are the changing Same. leaves in your area down there? <laughs> well, it changed from seventy two degrees to about eighty four today. So. Yeah, that's right. So, Sydney, did you have a holiday happening as well? As we all know, um, different restaurants have Thanksgiving menus coming out. So today, Mom and I went to Cracker Barrel. And I tried their apple strudel pecan pie, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was very good. We, I really enjoyed it. They, it came with vanilla ice cream. I think if my piece of pie had been a little warmer, yeah. it would have knocked it out of the park. But it was basically an apple pie with pecan strudel on top. Mm-hmm. It was very good. And then we, to drink, we had like a spiced apple cider tea. Yeah, some type of cider spiced tea. Spiced apple tea or yeah. something. It was very good. It was. You guys went all out with the fall food and drinks then, didn't you? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. So I have a holiday happening as well. I, uh, while I was down here in Orlando, mm-hmm. um, I had the opportunity today to go on a tour at Disney, uh, kind of a backstage tour of how the business of Disney happens. Um, it was kind of a, it was a learning journey oh, wow. for us. Okay. So we had the opportunity, uh, we, we went to some strange places at first. We went to the laundry facility at Disney. They basically built this facility. It's their fourth facility that they built. And this one they built uh, primarily based on input that they got from their employees. And it is now one of the most uh, effective laundry facilities in the world. So they started us there to kind of just show how, you know, how they listen to employees. Employees have good ideas. And uh, they take those into account and um, to solve problems. Then we went over to Epcot backstage, and they showed us the casting costume area. Now, not the what? not the character costumes, but the casting costume area. And as we went by, Cole, we saw the the old Viking longboats sitting behind the uh, Norway region. That's so fun. Before Elsa and before Anna. yeah, the- <laughs> Elsa and Anna. I have I have mixed feelings about um, Frozen's invasion of Disney Norway. <laughs> but it was funny to go in the back because you would think that it would be really spread out, right, All to go from one section to the other. But because the backstage buildings are so big, to go from one backstage building for, like, say, uh, Mission Space, right, uh, or Test Track, 
to all the way over to China is actually just four buildings that are right next to each other on the, in the backstage. It's really kind of funny how close things are to each other. That is funny. So they showed us uh, how they do the costuming and how um, they made that much more efficient. And technology plays a big role. And obviously, you know, every every piece of clothing is RFID tracked now. So it's easier for them to, like, get costumes in and out. So then the third stage of the tour was going actually to Magic Kingdom. And we went underneath in the, in the Utilidor area, which is the bottom floor of the Magic Kingdom, which wow. aren't tunnels because there it was built upon the land so you you know like the first floor basically is underneath the underneath the facilities of magic kingdom mm-hmm. and then the second floor is basically main street and the rides and, and other parts of the lands and things like that but, so they took us down underneath and we walked around the utility doors for a little while and they talked about how the cast member used them and then we went upstairs, walked out of the behind-the-scenes stage area into the park and walked around the park and talked about, you know, the staging and, and how things um, transition from when a cast member's out versus when they're behind the scenes. Uh, so it was very interesting, very interesting tour. This was a specific tour for us that was focused on customer satisfaction, customer relationships, and business administrative kind of functions. But they do these tours for the public as well. You can pay for special tickets, and they'll take you on these similar tours. And I think it's worthwhile. I did have the lady on the bus next to me say that she couldn't decide if this was good or bad as far as knowing everything that's happening behind the scenes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. It was good uh, information and uh, a fun time. So that transitions us out of holiday happenings and into our first topic, which is my topic of transitioning our decorations from Halloween to Thanksgiving. So one of the things that we do as we leave the Halloween season is we transition our inside decorations to be more general fall decorations and put the Halloween decorations away now typically i try to remove the halloween decorations pretty quickly uh once halloween is over so usually the the first weekend that hits i like to take the jack-o'-lanterns and all the other halloween specific decorations down and leave the fall decorations up and then that lets me have room to put thanksgiving specific decorations up like turkeys pilgrims cornucopias, those sorts of things, then I can see what I have room for, uh, what's left as far as what I can decorate. Right. So what uh, what empty space is around all of the, still around all the decorations and all that. Right, because there's actually a fair amount of space left when I take the Halloween decorations down because I don't have the equivalent amount of, uh, of turkeys and pilgrims and cornucopias, because that's a lot of turkeys and pilgrims and cornucopias. <laughs> yeah. We reduce the decorating footprint for the Thanksgiving time of year. Um, I also take down the Halloween lights. I just take them down completely that same weekend. It doesn't take that long to take them down, so I just get them done and um, out of the way. Because over Veterans Day, I typically put up the Christmas lights. And even though we don't typically put them on, although I do have like a testing uh, period to make sure that everything's working. Um, I like to put the outside Christmas lights up over Bedman's Day because it's a three-day weekend, and it's usually a, like one of the last warm weekends before you get into December. So I like to have them up and staged. And as we were talking to the folks at Disney about the Christmas lights on the Magic Kingdom Castle down here in Orlando, they were saying they do the same thing, except they do it in August and September the castle they actually stage all those christmas lights that early up around the castle really yeah and they just don't turn them on until christmas yeah they leave them on until january then they take them off and their primary reason for taking them off one is it looks better but the primary reason is they have to go through by hand and manually on the ground check every line again and every light again to make sure it's working so we take down um, uh, the Halloween things. We put up the Thanksgiving things. We take down the outside lights. I have the Christmas lights staged over Veterans Day. Now, there's sometimes a little controversy over some people putting Christmas decorations up early, earlier than Thanksgiving. Some people get really anxious or upset because 
Um, other people are doing what they need to do. I, I personally don't have an issue if somebody wants to put up Christmas decorations. I read an article recently by a bunch of psychologists that say people that put up Christmas decorations earlier are happier. I don't know if that's true or not. It was well, funny that it's, it's just that funny up. the way that you said um, people get anxious that they're doing what like other people are supposed to do. Like the implication being people are supposed to be putting up Christmas lights this early. No, not, what they, what, not what they're supposed to do, but whatever works for them. Right. right. And it's not like those people are putting it up for them. Or that, you're forcing, or that you're forcing them to do it. Or forcing them to look at right. it. Right. But it, it is weird funny. that some people really do get upset that Christmas yeah. stuff comes out early. Right. And, yeah. you know, it seems Christmas is such a happy season. I'm not sure, you yeah. know. You see it. You see it on Facebook, too. People put up things mm-hmm. that they're frustrated right. or upset about it. But we enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Some and people, we're happier yeah, because Some of people that. get very upset. And, and I don't really have an issue with it. The last two years, last year and this year, we actually ha- are having company over Thanksgiving, which means to me that what I typically do in staging everything for Christmas decorating to start on Thanksgiving Day, I actually have backed that up and, and done that earlier last year and this year so that when company is here, it's already taken care of. And they are actually more interested in my Christmas decorations than they are in my Thanksgiving decorations. So, right. although typically we like to enjoy our Thanksgiving decorations, Thanksgiving time, you know, we have had circumstances recently that have made us decide that I decided that I'd like to put the Christmas things up early. Right. right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, all Thanksgiving decorations are basically fundamentally the same. I mean, I think you listed like the four decorations earlier. <laughs> yeah. right. There's many types of turkeys. Right. There's only so many many turkeys turkeys. that I can stand being, you know, like different colored Christmas balls and stuff are at least aesthetically pleasing. A hundred turkeys in various hats around the house are not, (laughs) not so much. I think there are other things other than turkeys, though. Right. There are also pilgrims and cornucopias, like you said. Those are the other two things. Well, people put up box decorations. Lately, that's become a fall a fall thing. Not really a Thanksgiving thing, but a fall thing. And of course, I think for us, a lot of times when the Halloween stuff comes down, we bring, bring back out other fall decorations. So, yeah, that we have room for. Right. It's like we have to take some fall decorations down in order to make room for the Halloween decorations so they can come out along with the turkeys and cornucopias and pilgrims. Right, and I think that leads into your topic, Beth. It does, it does. Like Randy said, in a normal year, what happened would be that he would take the Thanksgiving decorations and fall decorations all down on Thanksgiving Day. Well, pretty much off of every surface that we could find (laughs) in the house. And And more. That's right, so that we could bring up then the Christmas decorations uh, in preparation to decorate for the Christmas season. But the last couple years, we have had guests, and we also, if you think about it, Randy, we both have had, we've had trips both years too. So That's right. we not only had guests for Thanksgiving, we had, we were going out of the state or out of the country for Two weeks. Time. Yeah. yeah, two weeks, both years, which is why the last couple of years we've had to put up Christmas things earlier than normal. Had right. To. Last had year to. was right. trip to Germany, and then this year is the trip to Disney. Exactly. So anyway, I'm talking about traditions that we have for Thanksgiving. For our family. For our family. Thank you. I'm trying to figure out what to start with because we have is some it, different... So um, there's just so much to... I happen to love Thanksgiving. I mean, I just love it. I remember... Really? Uh-huh. I do. I remember as a kid waking up to that delicious smell, that Thanksgiving dinner smell happening in the kitchen. And that's something that I always wanted the kids to have. So, you know, I get up early. Well, early or probably not as early as my mom did, but <laughs> early to start the stuffing and getting the turkey prepared. The butter and onions and poultry seasoning that start cooking on the stovetop are what helps that Thanksgiving smell to kind of start. Sydney and I went today to do some shopping for boots, which is also another probably fall happening, maybe I should have brought up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was awesome. But we were talking on the way there about the Thanksgiving dinner. And as I was talking through it, I was saying, 
You know, for the stuffing, uh, it's a combination <laughs> of Randy's mom, my mom, and me. So the combination of all three came together to make what we have as our traditional Thanksgiving stuffing. Which is the most delicious. Which we and, think is awesome. Yeah. Right, yeah. In our <laughs> to us, yeah. there's and, no topping it, right? No. Right. And so it's, uh, it's very, it was very interesting to start thinking that through and thinking about what I do and what they did. So for the stuffing, another thing that I do that I picked up from my mom and that is one of those traditions that I love, you know, it's just something that about it that makes me happy every year is Sydney and I usually, it was mom and I, would sit down the night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, (laughs) the evening before, and tear up the bread for the stuffing. Right, into little pieces. And why do you do that? Into little pieces. And then, well, it's to help help it dry out a little bit. And that's what you want for the stuffing. And uh, it would be a little strange if you put the stuffing in the turkey and then you take the stuffing out after the turkey's all cooked and it's like big pieces of bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's also like meant, meant to be why do you what? Pull it into pieces. I actually meant, why do you break it into pieces the night before and leave it out? Not why do you break them into pieces in so, general? So it's it's to dry them out. It is to help dry the bread out. So do you do that with all your other food too? No. Is that why? No, Nicholas, I don't. So, I um, think you should stop. <laughs> Mom and I cook in very different ways. I like my food to be well-spiced and moist and yes. in addition, Thanksgiving dinner is going to be pretty much a bummer for him. Well, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those, it's one of the interesting things. It's not really a big thing for me. Like, I don't really like Thanksgiving that much. Oh my goodness. Well, well maybe that's because of all the, you know, we cook sort of your traditional Thanksgiving foods. And of all of those, like cranberry sauce and what what, what are the other ones? <laughs> Turkey, <laughs> turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, green beans. Right, right. Of, of all of those, turkey and stuffing is really the only one that I enjoy okay. eating. But also, I've had to work for the past. I have to work this Thanksgiving, and I've had to work for the past three Thanksgivings. Right. So yeah, it's it's, it's never really it's never really a family day for me because I have this you know looming shadow of having to, you know, go in for however many eight, nine hours to work right. the same day. Right, right. So we tear up the stuffing. Oh, so so that's just, that's a very familiar and happy tradition for me. Mm-hmm. And then it was really great when Sydney started doing it with me. So we will just put a show on and mm-hmm. sit there together on the couch. And we have our various bowls. Mm-hmm. And we just tear up the bread and yes. put it in containers and put it in the oven for the night. So and when you say you put a show on, you mean you watch a TV show. Right. <laughs> no, no. They, we put on a show. Very, it's a lot of very flamboyant ripping. And yeah, sometimes we lose a piece or two because they're just flying up in the air. That's right. They toss bread to each other and then <laughs> yep. just juggle it. That's right. It's crazy. It's a crazy show. Everyone should do that. That should be everyone's tradition. Anyway, yes, so we do that the night before. So then the next morning, the bread is all ready to make the stuffing. But once that starts cooking once on the stovetop, and once I start mixing everything together and stuffing the bird, it just, the smells are just awesome all together. And they are incredible. They are. And then you start smelling the, the turkey cooking, right? The whole thing in the oven. And it's just a magical smell. It's amazing. <laughs> One of the things I also do is I also make pies for our Thanksgiving dinner. Pumpkin and apple pies. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really love doing as a family, normally we kind of, Randy and I start down there first and then the kids kind of filter down, is the Macy's Parade. That's something we have on while I'm making the stuffing and I run in and out of the family room to see the Broadway shows because they have little Broadway shows excerpts. Yeah. And like Sydney was saying today, it's, we watch it from the turkey to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole way through, we just really love the Macy's Day Parade. And by we, um, it's just, we usually have Thanksgiving with the four of us. Um, this year and the last year, we had guests yes. come for Thanksgiving, but that's been... 
the first out of I don't even know how many years. Right. We don't normally travel to other people's houses for Thanksgiving. Right. And people typically don't come to our house. Normally for not. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. That's correct. People are normally unwelcome. No. At our, at our house. <laughs> That's not true. No. But we. Uh, one of the things I just always loved waking up in mm-hmm. my own home for the family holidays. Right. And that's something that we have done for you guys. Mm-hmm. We wanted you guys to wake up in your own home, smell the turkey, come down, watch the parade with us. Mm-hmm. So it's just something it was important to us. With the Macy's Day Parade, we do that every year. Then... And that's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Just, it's not like Macy's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might think it is, but it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day well, Parade. it's super awesome. It is. So... Going into the meal itself, once the meal's all ready, and Sydney and I do a bunch of different things, and we found the, the um, sweet potato casserole recipe that we like because, well, we didn't have either one from either of your grandmothers. The mashed potatoes and gravy, I learned from my mom. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was kind of fun to go down and go, oh, I got that from Amma, from your mom, from my mom. I got that from her. I got that from her. Oh, wow, I got a lot of things from her. <laughs> so that was funny. But normally for Thanksgiving, I use my china. And then we go around, after we pray and start eating, Mm -hmm. we go around and take turns saying what we're thankful for. And we just kind of loop around and say what we're thankful for. And we'll stop and talk about different things as we've, as different people bring things up. It's like, oh yeah, remember this, remember that, or whatever. So we just kind of do that as the meal goes on. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to think about different things that have happened. Yeah, over the past year, yeah. Right. That's a really fun thing I look forward to. Now, when the kids were growing up, I also had this love for Thanksgiving. And every year, we would do these Thanksgiving crafts and have Thanksgiving books. And (laughs) we'd do all kinds of fun things. I would read to them. From the time they were little, I would read to them. Um, It just was this... I just loved it. I loved how it had a whole season for being thankful and the turkeys and the feathers and the cute little, all kinds of stuff. We had all kinds of stuff that mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. But the books were, were important to me too. And I ran downstairs right before this and ran, and I just grabbed some of the books on the shelf. Uh, one of them <laughs> is Scholastic's 101 Thanksgiving Knock Knock Jokes and Riddles. <laughs> Yay. That's literally... Hilarious. <laughs> I didn't. I, well, I didn't know those two things were like synonymous with each other too. Not knock jokes and riddles. Like it you go one and the other. So yeah. fun. Thanksgiving. And then landmark book has the landing of the pilgrims. I think we've read that every year. And then. Hang on a second. Hang on. You're not going to read any of the jokes. No. <laughs> that could be something fun for you to do when you get home. Well, that, well, that was a firm no. I'll tell you what. After I'm done talking about my books, I'll go read one, okay? All right, so then there was The Landing of the Pilgrims you read, and then the Scholastic Biography has Squanto, Friend of the Pilgrims, and we read that every year. That was a lot of fun. Mm. And in a funny turn of events, so we always read Silly Tilly's Thanksgiving Dinner. But I think <laughs> I think there was there's a lot more down there. Um, there were a lot of different Thanksgiving books. I remember none of these. Like, I remember period. a lot of books. Which is so sad because we had these awesome little, the whole little... I remember the things. Halloween books. I do not remember the Thanksgiving books. Every year. Every year. I don't believe you. I don't, I don't. And documentaries and, we, and, and we, videos. That's right. And we talked about Squanta. Like it was always, I loved this time. And we always took a couple weeks to at least to do all these different crafts and things. Yeah. All right. And Cole, you actually memorized those books and performed them, so I'm surprised you remember them. I've, I've blocked it out with All right. years of... Randy, where are most turkeys found? Uh, I don't know, Beth. Where are most turkeys found? Between the head and the tail. <laughs> so, why is a couch like a turkey? Why is the couch like a turkey? Yes. I don't know. Because they're both full of stuffing. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> one coming. Um, they didn't say see. they were good jokes. It did, no, yeah, that's right. It did no claim of that. A couple other things, Beth, I thought of that are traditions as well. Is often I'll make my mom's recipe for peanut butter fudge. That's exactly right. Right before Thanksgiving as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is the best peanut butter fudge ever. 
Yes, it, it is. is delicious. Hands down. We Hands. should post that recipe and those yeah. vague instructions about how to make it. Vague and, and, yeah. <laughs> and we've made it, and you make it every year. Sydney, I'm talking about that too. That's vague nice. instructions. Just stir it till it feels right. You know? <laughs> so, when I got the recipe, I actually got my my mom's handwritten recipe through my sister after yes. my mom had passed away. She still had the recipe. I got a copy of it from her, I believe. And, and the directions, it took a while to figure out exactly what my mom meant. And I'm not really sure if it is exactly what she meant, but I, I figured out a way to recreate a good recipe. It's good, it's whatever amazing. it is. Yeah. We all we all get excited when we see the. In fact, other people get excited too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So and then the other thing. Go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Cole. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Can <laughs> <laughs> you? You go first. Okay, Randy, you go. Okay. The other tradition we have is that on uh, after the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, not the Macy's Day Parade, we also watch the dog show. Yep. Yes, we do. That competition. And then uh, we also typically watch Miracle on 34th Street because that is the movie that begins on Thanksgiving and ends on Christmas. And it's a great movie uh, as a Thanksgiving tradition to watch as you go into the Christmas season. Yeah, and we watch the uh, the original one. Right. The, 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 the yes. better one. We have the other one, and it's cute, but there's nothing like I I did original. not know that we had the other one. We do. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it like I, yeah, here we, with we us. Pull out the Christmas videos, and there are many. Um, we usually don't pull that one out, do we? No, I don't think we do. Right. So yes, that's. And I was thinking with the dog show. A lot of times by that point, we're bringing up Christmas stuff, and one of the four of us are usually in there, kind of watching it at different times. Anyway, so yes, the dog show also, and that amazing peanut butter fudge. So you said that. Like we've got we've got the books, but you said we had uh, we did crafts too. What kind of little crafts do you remember oh us goodness, doing? Oh my goodness, they were so cute. Were they? Like you would <clears throat> like we'd make the turkeys, and you would ha- like little turkey body and head, and then like out would... of like foam or. Well, eventually it got a little more. Yeah, you could buy more things like at Michaels, <laughs> <laughs> but but when you were little, I'd cut them out of like construction paper or mm-hmm. cardstock or something. And then big feathers, and you would say what you were thankful for, and I'd write them down, and then you'd color them, and then would glue them onto some paper, stuff like that. I mean, it's just all kinds of fun things. And I, every fall, I would get excited to go look and find different crafts, and it was just, just and just go nuts with it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I just loved doing that with you guys. It was just a lot of fun. So I love crafts. Yes, and I think do. a lot of it comes from the fact that we did a lot of crafts. She's yes, a very did. crafty girl. She is very crafty. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so I'm talking today about some, some Thanksgiving crafts. The theme is pumpkin and turkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, uh, two, what, two of the four we determined were... Uh, yeah, along with... Pilgrim and Cornucopia. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I take that back. Actually, my turkey is a little pilgrim, so it combines. Oh, yeah. Turkey. Jackpot. But I. That's horrible. Yes. So my first craft is more for adults rather than kids. Although kids can do them, it just depends on what age. Not calling it an adult craft, but you know. No, I'm just thinking about the complexity of it. Okay, so it's basically little um, pumpkins made out of wine corks. Where did you get the wine corks? Pretty much all my supplies came from Michael's. Oh, okay. I found some little packets of corks, was walking around later, and then um, I stumbled upon a big jar, like plastic jar of corks, which was awesome. They're called decorative fillers. This is from Ashland. 42 pieces. Nice. I pretty much did the math and one big thing of this, I think it was actually cheaper than getting a bunch of little packets of corks. And these Mm -hmm. ones are more decorative. Well, and I imagine it's cheaper than getting 42 bottles of wine, too. Right, right? True. Uh, Yeah. And these are more decorative, too, because it actually has little grapes and leaves on the side, so it makes them more fun. Right. So it's it's really just sort of like the fillers for vases and stuff right. like that. Wine corks, like, you know, in the section with the little beads and mm-hmm. stuff. 
Yeah, these are large, uniform. They're really nice. So. Yeah. Well, and some of them are more uniform. Like, so there are two types in this particular bottle. There's this bigger one. It's round. It is just bigger than. And these other little pieces are more um, rounded oh. at the ends, and they're smaller and have slightly different patterns. So when I was making these pumpkins, I had to make sure that um, as I was doing it, it looked a little more uniform than the pieces that I got. So for this particular craft. Takes around 35 to 40 minutes to make, but that's with no interruptions. I pretty much kind of put on a, um, you can put music on, I put on a show, and on my little iPhone, and I basically so just. How long does it, it take if the show's really interesting? Um, it can take <laughs> as long as you want. <laughs> okay. So the necessary supplies are wine bottle corks, orange ink, or paint for the ends. So basically, when you're looking at it straight, you will see the the wine corks, but at the ends, you, um, it'll be colored orange. You'll need a hot glue gun and hot glue sticks, fake fall leaves, big scissors, and twine. So for That's directions, all. yeah. And so I found this on Pinterest. I've been I actually have seen it for years. I've always wanted to try it. So this nice. was a really good excuse to to do that. Yeah. And so I'm I'm actually pretty pretty happy with the result. These look super cute. So for the directions, you basically paint or ink both ends of the corks. I use the, so mom is really big into stamping up products. Stamping, yeah. Yeah. So I use the classic stampin' pad pumpkin pie. It's a water-based dyed ink. So I use that. I basically put each end of the cork into the Once ink pad. And I kind of just, um, you don't have to do it hard. You don't have to, like, bang it or anything. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you, <know? good. laughs> you can just, like, twist it a little, and the, the ink will just, like, nicely go onto the corks. I'm glad to hear you were banging <laughs> my ink pad. What? You didn't hear that? <laughs> <laughs> so then you basically glue rows of corks together. So my biggest pumpkin, the bottom layer is four corks. The next one is five. The next one above that is six. Then it goes back down to five and then four. So essentially, you're just making this rounded shape mm-hmm. out of these corks. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's not it's supposed to be perfect right. because it looks better when if it's not perfect. It's right. sort of the you know the aesthetic of the corks mm-hmm. looks very kind of, kind of kind of rustic, kind mm-hmm. of homey. But it's adorable, yeah. Yeah. So it was um it was interesting to make this because it didn't. I couldn't find directions. So I was like uh, looking on the so pictures. So it's like one of your grandmother's recipes. Right. Either one. <laughs> it's like, hey, she probably listens to this. <laughs> well, and yeah, so it, yeah, so I, I just had to go off of the picture and it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just learn along the way. It's fairly simple. Some of the pictures show leaves. So show um, like green felted leaves and I actually have green felt, but I didn't feel like that would combine well with the aesthetic yeah. of the corpse. So, right. So you felt that it wouldn't work? <laughs> I felt that the felt wouldn't work. Yes. Anyway, so what did you decide Yeah, I, th- I think they got it when I said it. <laughs> what was okay. funny enough to repeat? You were... <laughs> <laughs> I, ex- I made it even better. Made it even better. So basically what I did was I got fake fall leaves. They have more color in it. They're so pretty. And yeah, and it just it combined very well with, with the light tan of the corks. Because mm-hmm. a, a green is a little more of a clashing against the brown. It is it's of very the stark, cork. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very. And I even chose like the darkest green yeah. that I could find. And even then, it was like, oh. Well, okay. and green isn't typically a fall color. I see what they meant with like the pumpkin right. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But since it's already corks, the sort of orange and red of the leaves makes a lot more sense. Right. And so, essentially, then you leave at least one to two corks, depending on how many pumpkins you make. I also made a little pumpkin. She did. It's so cute. And yeah. And um, we've talked before in previous podcasts about decorations and typically how you want, like, two or three of something, of yes. something to make a little um, decor. A little scene. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I also made a little pumpkin. The bottom is made of three corks. The middle is four. And the top is a third. And essentially, you want to save a cork and not not paint or ink the ends and cut it in half, and um, that will be your little stem on top. So essentially, um, when you have the body created, and I just used a hot glue gun, right? And you stack them and glue them. You glue the leaves, then you glue the top of the corks on, 
and then you get twine. And I was actually considering not putting the twine on, but I found that it's a, know, it, it was just missing something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like yeah. the one that you got. It's not normal twine that would actually be so similar to the color of the cork. Mm -hmm. This, you found a brown one. I did. And I, oh, and I like that. And I really wanted to find the normal twine because that's what I saw in the picture. And I said, oh, that's very nice. But, but yeah, I, I did think about that. And I mean, you, you can also use red, I'm sure. Like right, a dark right. red. Or orange. I mean, any, whatever orange. you want. Right. But it, they look really nice. But um, but yeah, the, the cork, it would just be nice to not be too similar to the cork color. Right. Yeah. So that's something to consider as well. So um, one lesson <laughs> that I learned as a result of not having directions. So I used ink, right, um, for, for stamps. Right. And um, I found that it came off on my fingers. Oh. Yeah. So you have to let it dry first, huh? Well, I let it dry overnight. And it still came off on my fingers. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, so I um I took some hairspray and um I just kind of laid out like I, I um took them outside, Spray. put hairspray on it, and it's still kind of coming off. So I think for lessons learned, I really like the ink because I think it it adds to the cork. Maybe it's right? something about the composition of just the cork itself that Maybe, the ink doesn't this, adhere to it. Yeah. Because um, so that's the paint would be better? I think so, yeah. Because at least that generally dries on every surface versus ink. Right. Um, yeah, I've never... And it also could be the combination of the type of ink and the type of cork. Right. That's kind of my lesson learned. Because I would just... I, I put it on a, on a surface to make sure that nothing got on the table or a tablecloth or anything. But right. as a result, I kept having to wash my hands. Interesting. Um, okay. Because ink kept coming That is off. a good lesson learned. Mm. Yeah, so I might put some more hairspray on it because it's still kind of coming off. But um, yeah, the result is it's very cute. I'm very pleased. So, Cindy, are you planning to post that on um, Facebook or on Instagram so people can see what it looks like? Yes, yes, I will. I took some pictures and I will do that, and that way people know not to use ink as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was my first craft. I do have another craft that is meant for kids. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, it's a foam glasses kit. <laughs> okay, I used to take a picture, so you can put that on. Oh, I'll take it after. I, I also took a selfie. Did you? Okay, okay. good, good. So, I'm wearing Pilgrim Turkey glasses. Yes, you are. Yes. Yes. Mm. They're orange glasses. I have, this is a foam glasses kit. Yeah. All right, so it takes about 10 minutes to complete. I think I counted seven pieces. Maybe it comes with eight. I don't know. What? I don't know. Including glasses. Mm. glasses yeah. probably. This is like, this costs like two bucks at Michael's. So it's just, this was like, yeah. Um, it also had no directions. So I had to go off of the picture. I don't know what this no directions <laughs> this trend new, is going. This, <laughs> this new, new no buzz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple and easy. I started with the bottom of the craft. It has little wings <laughs> on the sides. And I worked my way up. It has little feathers up. At the top of it. Did you put them on or did they come already on it? No, I had to put them on. This okay. was like the most complex part. So basically it's all foam, except for the glasses, and you peel off okay, it's adhesive. the end. Right, yeah. so it's adhesive. Nice, nice. And so it comes with a foam base, and then you then you stick the pieces on, the other foam pieces on. It nice. comes with little wings. The top part, I kind of had this um, turkey feather head. I don't know, it's on my head, but it would technically be behind the turkey, but orange and yellow feathers yep. and I kind of had to um, lay them and stack them up until it came to the the, the tallest middle. biggest middle feather it has a little pilgrim hat that you stick on top of the feathers and then it has little eyebrows above the um the eye holes and then a little turkey nose it's so cute too <laughs> and the glasses are orange so you know all the colors match and mm. nice she yeah. has the one right now. I've got to tell you, <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Although, so the only thing about this, um, sometimes it was hard to tell which side of the piece of foam was supposed to point which way. Like, mm. um, <laughs> like the eyebrows, like some of it's like slightly bigger than the other side. And then the belt buckle, which is like, again, slightly bigger on one side than the other. The picture shows the belt buckle in the middle, but... I don't know. Like, it just yeah, made more sense at the side. Yeah. But, I mean, it's simple, it's easy to do, and it's hilarious. So, that's that's fun. And, obviously, it's a turkey, so that's fun seasonal uh, food. <laughs> <laughs> or crafts. So, or crafts, crafts, food. <laughs> or jokes. Right. Or like, jokes. Or riddles. Like, it's a fun decoration, but all, you know, 
all the turkeys all over the house. We really know why they're they're around. Huge thing in the U.S. Not so much other places in the world. Maybe in Turkey. (laughs) No. (laughs) I actually know a fair good about uh, Turkey. It's sort of closer to my field of history. So I can tell you that no, Turkey is not a thing in in Turkey. In Turkey, <laughs> Turkish Thanksgiving. Um, but most people, you know, talking about like all the pilgrim books and stuff, most people have a pretty good idea of how our Thanksgiving came to the U.S. Most people in the U.S. at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll sort of I'll get into the discussion of of that story next week of of the pilgrims and all of that. But this this week I'm actually going to talk about Thanksgiving in countries outside of. The U.S. and it's, oh. it's obviously it's not the same Thanksgiving right. as we understand it. So I'll just generally say holidays with the purpose, especially of giving thanks. Okay, that makes more sense. Holidays because... of giving thanks right. around the harvest season because that's what Thanksgiving is. Okay, it's a holiday of giving thanks around the harvest season, and a lot of other countries do have. Which is surprising to me. I really thought that it was more unique to the United States. So mm-hmm. that's interesting to hear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that some people think that it is only a U.S. holiday, and some people know that sort of, I think Canada's the other one that people sort of have an idea of, like, oh, they have Canadian Thanksgiving, too. And Thanksgiving in Canada occurs on the second Monday in October, and it's been officially a holiday in Canada since the late 19th century, I think it's 1879 or something like that. That's when it's. That's how long it's been an official, like state-sanctioned holiday in Canada. It's officially a day to give thanks at the end of the harvest season. The first Thanksgiving celebration in Canada and in all of North America was during the 1578 voyage of Sir Martin Forbisher of England while he was searching for the Northwest Passage. So the first one occurred in Newfoundland. Sources indicate that most historians agree that it was the exploration into Newfoundland when Thanksgiving was first practiced. So it sounds like there's some margin for error there. There usually is with history because we're finding new information at different periods, but there's some things that you can sort of have a pretty good idea of. And some people say that, a lot of Americans particularly say that that doesn't count as the first Thanksgiving in North America because it wasn't to celebrate the harvest. It was to celebrate their passage into Newfoundland. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, different Thanksgiving, but... Yeah. But, Amer- but yes. a lot of Americans like the idea of, like, I think it was 1620 is our Thanksgiving. So it was it was practiced in Canada, but it wasn't officially a holiday in Canada for a while. It was in the late 19th century that the Protestants lobbied for Thanksgiving to become a national holiday. And for them, it was about thanking God for the harvest and all of that. And for the state... It was a good way to establish, sort of help establish a Canadian identity as they're splitting off from Britain in that same time period. Uh, The food and the traditions are pretty similar. There are obviously going to be some regional differences. Just like here in the United States, there are going to be regional differences, you know, if you're in New England or if you're in Texas or something like that. That's correct. Um, But a lot of it's the same. There's turkey with stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy, various fall vegetables. Uh, pumpkin pie, stuff like that. I really didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty similar culture in the United States and Canada. Right. In a lot of ways, very similar. But sort of less similar Thanksgivings around the world. Germany has one. Is which it is a an... lot of beer? <laughs> <laughs> Not as far as I know. <laughs> I would imagine that there would be beer involved, since it is Germany. Uh, but, you know, it's an autumn harvest festival and celebration. So that's called Interdankfest. That's a fun name. Yeah, it's a very, very fun name. Uh, so it's not Oktoberfest, so I guess there's less beer involved, probably. Then this one's the first Sunday in October. And it's not officially recognized as a state holiday like in the U.S. and Canada. So it's more of a local level, I guess. It's And it's, it's actually practiced by German-speaking countries. So... I guess you'd, you'd immediately think of Germany in reference to the holiday, but it's also practiced in Austria and Switzerland oh, okay. and, uh, and imagine in uh, Liechtenstein and I would think in Luxembourg, too. What about those fake countries that Hallmark makes up? Or is it <laughs> well, well, they all speak English. That's 
That's true. They don't yeah. speak German, so that would be Thanksgiving. So that would that would not be Erntedankfest then. But there's also uh, actually several East Asian countries which have a version of Thanksgiving, as we understand it. There's uh, Chuseok in Korea and Thanksgiving and Labor Thanksgiving Day in Japan. And Chuseok is a harvest festival, which actually lasts three days rather than sort of one. We, we kind of, in the U.S., have our Thanksgiving meal. Right. It's sort of this whole uh, festival, I guess. And it's very family-centered in Korea with families coming together, eating seasonal foods, uh, and actually exchanging gifts, too, which I thought was interesting. Really? Thanksgiving gifts? How fun Thanksgiving gifts. We should start doing that. <laughs> I know, right? And in Japan, it's... It's actually a very old holiday for, or festival, I guess, for giving thanks. It stretches back. It's a harvest festival like Korea, but it stretches back to, some sources indicate, some somewhere around 600 to 500 B, BCE. Oh, wow. Wow. That's just an old Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last one I'll, I'll mention, because I thought it was interesting, is, uh, is actually Liberia. Okay. So Liberian Thanksgiving is celebrated in November, like Thanksgiving in the U.S. And the U.S. and Liberia have a very interesting relationship because, I don't know if you knew this, but Liberia is one of the very few colonial territories that the U.S. held during the 19th century. I did not know that. America's in a weird place because I, it's, it's a colonial empire, but America is not an empire. Right. So it's it's colonial territories, and it was different than the way that European territories were held. So it, the U.S. held them a little, a little more nicely than the Europeans did, a little less directly. So Liberia was where a lot of freed slaves were sent. You know, given the option to go to by the U.S. in. I think it was around 1820, 1822, somewhere around there was when it was founded. So Thanksgiving in Liberia, a lot of those Thanksgiving traditions are taken from the U.S., from former slaves, and taken over into into Liberia. Oh, that's interesting. So th- Thanksgiving in Liberia has this sort of stipulation that it's a day for giving thanks, but also to celebrate being free, being free men. Oh. And thanks to America for giving them a place to go and be free. Uh, even the capital, uh, Monrovia, is named after President James Monroe, uh, who advocated for Liberia's creation as a colony in Africa for the freed slaves. So it's practiced pretty similarly to the U.S., actually, but there's you know a few cultural touches, differences in the food and some right. of that. That's what I was wondering. Um, Are there turkeys in Liberia? No, so... Uh, that was, I guess, the big thing is that uh, roast chicken, like right, spiced roast sense. chicken was what they had for Liberian Thanksgiving. Right, that makes sense. Yes. So next week, I'll, uh, I'll get more into the specifics of the history of Thanksgiving in the United States. Great. So next week, we'll all continue our discussion about Thanksgiving history and traditions and fun things that go along with that. However... Before we close, I did want to talk a little bit about a major controversy that we sometimes have in our house about a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving cartoon. Now, we always watch um, this special. It's one of the the big three specials of the Charlie Brown specials, the Christmas special, the Halloween special, and the Thanksgiving special. And the Thanksgiving special was actually the third one written uh, of the three. It was debuted November 20th, 1973. It actually won an Emmy the next year. What? Yep. As is normal, you know, Charles Schultz is the creator and the writer of the episode. It was directed by Bill Melendez and Phil Roman. The producer for it was Lee Mendelson. So I have a little story about that. So every year when we watch this episode, as you would expect, there are a lot of comic hijinks in this episode. Things like when Snoopy is attacked by that chair. Yes. That's a particularly, I guess, one of the weirder scenes is that Snoopy's, like, setting up these chairs around the table and one comes to life and he gets in a a boxing match with it and he, he, a brawl with it. (laughs) They both end up a little worse for wear. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty weird. And then there's the whole thing about 
then dressing like uh, pilgrims, Snoopy and Woodstock, the little bird, uh, dresses like pilgrims. And we're always wondering, where are they getting all this stuff from, right? It's, it's like this uh, endless supply of materials for them. But one of the things that happens towards the very end, the whole um, little peanut gang leaves, except Snoopy the dog and Woodstock the bird. Is this, and is this about the turkey? It is. It is. <laughs> so at the end, Snoopy brings out a fully cooked Thanksgiving dinner. From his doghouse. From his doghouse. That he was definitely holding back. He was waiting until <laughs> everybody else left until, until he brought this thing out. So he brings it out and he serves it to him and to Woodstock. So Woodstock is eating a piece of turkey. In fact, multiple pieces of turkey. So we talk about, is that cannibalism or not? Right? Woodstock is a bird. The turkey was a bird. Woodstock's eating the turkey, so I know, mean, my birds eat other birds. It's just it's none true. of them so happy eating another bird. Just not in that manner, maybe. Woodstock is looking pretty happy. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was doing some research on this episode, and one of the things I found out was Lee Mendelson, who was the producer, actually had an issue with that particular scene. Oh, that's um, funny. He actually admitted that uh, that to this to that scene that he had a rare minor dispute with the creation of the show. However, um, Charles Schultz, the creator, insisted that Woodstock join Snoopy in carving and eating the turkey. (laughs) That's hilarious. Mendelssohn said, I voiced my concern, which was immediately overruled. (laughs) (laughs) So if you ever get a chance to watch that, and I encourage you to watch that episode was one of your traditions. It is kind of a funny scene towards the end that Woodstock eats. Now, according to the article I read, Mendelssohn actually had an opportunity and did take that scene out when CBS cut the show from its original 25 minutes down to 22. He edited that scene out. (laughs) But when ABC bought it in uh, 2001, they elected to restore all the original 25 minutes. So (laughs) in the end, Charles Schultz got his scene with... Doc and Snoopy both eating that turkey. <laughs> yum, yum. So with that, uh, we're excited to uh, bring some more Thanksgiving to you next week. Don't forget that you can reach out to us and find us on Twitter at holiday underscore moons. Uh, you can find us at Instagram at just holiday moons, all one word. And of course, you can download this podcast, not just on iTunes, but we also are on Stitcher now. So you can find us Holiday Moons on both of those or on the Podient website, randallmoon.podient.co slash Holiday Moons. <laughs> so those are all ways to find us and find these podcasts. So uh, for Randy, Beth, Sydney, and Cole, happy holidays. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Happy Turkey Day.